Okay. Welcome everyone. This is the uh, weekly session of the market update. Today I'm delighted to have a special guest, uh, Christy out of the Boston area. So we're going to hey, be doing, guys. we're going to be doing a little bit of a combination of uh, the market that's happening in the Bay Area. I'll give you the latest figures and some of the latest updates. Christy will also be sharing because I'm also curious of how things are either similar or different uh, in uh, her area. And then, of course, let's make this interactive. So if you have any questions or anything that comes up at any time, feel free to write it in the comments, and then we'll be able to answer it uh, uh, whenever we get, get a chance to. Chris, do you want to do a little bit of intro on your end? Okay, yeah, sure, definitely. Um, hey, everybody. My name is Christy C., and I'm here in the Boston area. Uh, so I've been doing real estate for about 10 years and um, uh, all in the greater Boston area. And uh, throughout the years, uh, my business also expanded beyond brokerage. So uh, besides uh, real estate brokerage business, I also do asset management and uh, currently managing over 20 million in terms of, um, you know, assets here around Boston area and as well as development. So that ranges from, you know, short term flips to also uh, new construction and condo conversions, et cetera. So uh, it's been a uh, very interesting interesting market, um, you know, where we're in right now. And uh, I, I'm delighted to uh, be here. And also, I'm looking forward to learn from you, Spencer, as far as what's going on in your market and uh, what you're doing as well. Wonderful, wonderful. So I know we have the data pull up on your end. Why don't you go and, and share the your market updates, maybe pre, it looks like you have some information for uh, possibly the pre shelter and post. Uh, love to hear about your the state of the market on your end, and then I'll I'll go over on my end after. Yeah, sure. So um, in the greater Boston area, we are kind of divided into different sub markets. So um, I would say that you know the the I for the purpose of today's call, I picked out four different neighborhoods. Um, those are neighborhoods that I think that everybody is really familiar with if you're actually from Boston. So I picked out Cambridge, Somerville, um, you know, kind of grouped those two cities together to compare some of the numbers. I, I also picked um, Alston and Brighton. And, uh, you know, these two towns are close together to compare uh, some of the numbers in those markets. So for the ones that are not from Boston, so Cambridge and Somerville, that's where uh, MIT and Harvard is situated. And and also in Brighton, that's where Boston College and Boston University is. So um, it's, uh, I think that overall, um, looking at some of the numbers, it's still a little bit too early to tell um, the difference between uh, post and, uh, you know, I always say pre-COVID-19 and, you know, where we're out right now. Because, um, it, you know, it's, uh, I would say probably it's mid-March when we started the, um, uh, kind of the shutdown is that kind of where when you guys started as well in the Bay Area? Like, yeah, I think it's ago? I think it's exact, likely the exact same date. It looks like uh, March 17 is actually the date uh, where the shelter was enforced. Mm. Yeah, so Massachusetts is uh, March 13th actually. That's the date oh, that wow. we declared. Uh, yeah, so I mean it's about it's very similar. So it's about a month. And, you know, usually it takes about, you know, if uh, the, the buyer's doing mortgage, it takes about 30 to 45 days to close. So yeah, a yeah. lot of the, you know, if I'm looking at data, you know, for the past month, I feel like there's still a lot of closings um, that are happening actually from, you know, pre-COVID-19. So I think that we to really see like, you know, some of the, uh, the market data that happened during the COVID-19, we need to probably wait for another month or so, I would say. 
Um, but I'm still to seeing some numbers, um, you know, that are changing for the property that are going under mark under agreement during this time. So, um, yeah, let me see if I can share my screen here. Um, can you guys see it? Yeah, we see we see the Excel spreadsheet that you have. Okay. Oh. Wait, hold on one second. Okay, you see it right here, right? Okay. Yeah. So um, this first spreadsheet, um, I compiled together all the numbers for properties, single family, condominium, multifamily in Cambridge and Somerville that are on the market currently. So that's, you know, that's, you know, on the market right now, this moment uh, within kind of the past month. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's still quite a lot on the market, uh, especially I would say in, you know, I mean, for us, I mean, this is a lot, I don't know how does it compare to like the Bay Area, <laughs> but yeah. um, in those two cities, I would say there's still a decent amount of properties on the market. So when a buyer comes out to, you know, make their selections, there's still a decent amount. Um, there, the, you know, the majority, um, they fall in, I would say in between here, I would say mm, between 600K to about like 1.5. Um, that's kind of where the current, um, you know, listings are in this, in the Somerville, um, Cambridge area. Mm -hmm. And let me jump onto this spreadsheet here. This is for Brighton and Alston. So Brighton and Alston, like you see the, the, the uh, price range is actually much lower than Cambridge and Somerville. And um, I would say be right about here is where the majorities are. So that's between like, you know, 400K to about like just under a million. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, I mean, there's definitely less in Alston Brighton than Cambridge and Somerville. And historically, it has been like that as well. There's uh, just a lot of investors that are holding on their properties in Somerville and, uh, sorry, in Alston Brighton. And the second one is the pending. So, so I think that this is where I think that we can probably see some current data as far as, okay, what, how many number of listings um, they went under agreement during the past month in Cambridge and Somerville and in what price range the majority fall into, right? So mm -hmm. we're looking at the bulk, it would be probably about here. So between 500 to 1.5, including the multifamilies. Mm -hmm. So let's see here. If we look at the ones went pending in Cambridge and Somerville over the past month, is there's 97 properties. So there's still a decent amount of activity that's going on. Got it. So this one, this is the properties that went pending for Alston and Brighton. And it's a lot less. There's 20 properties. But that's also because, you know, when we review this data here, this, there's less properties on the market total in also Brighton. But there's still activity. I mean, there's still activity. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, we can, we can see that for sure. Got it. Um, let's see here. And then I pulled um, other data here for the ones that are sold. But then again, like I mentioned, the ones that are sold, I feel like this is a lot of it's like, you know, pre-COVID-19. So there's still a decent amount of that are sold. I would say the bulk is probably around this, this pack here. Mm -hmm. uh, number of listings. Yeah, there's still like, you know, in the Cambridge and Somerville market, you know, 111. 
that are sold in the past month. And this one, a lot less for Alston Brighton. Again, it's, it's because it's still very low inventory in Alston Brighton. And we'll always say the majority is in this pack, 16 that are sold. Yeah, much, it, much. Well, I mean, I think that Alston and Brighton, there's still a shortage of supply. Like, I mean, you can count with your fingers how many listings there are, how many <laughs> in Alston Brighton area. So, um, yeah. I think that, you know, with the lack of, um, you know, inventory or, or new properties on the market, there's still a, a decent market for sale. I mean, if, say, for example, if I'm looking at this data here, um, someone wants to sell a condo in Austin Bryant, I still think that there's a decent amount of market for it. There's still a decent amount of demand. Mm -hmm. um, funny story I wanted to share. So in, in Cambridge, right? So uh, recently, I, this week, I submitted an offer for a client. And this client, I'm thinking, wow, this client has got it. We, we got this one, right? It's a, it's a one bedroom condo um, in Cambridge uh, near, it's very close to MIT. And uh, it's priced at 550k. And my clients all cash, you know, we got proof of funds. I'm like, okay, we got this. I mean, who can come up with the, you know, cash offer, right, at this moment. But the thing is, is that we got three competing offers and the rest are all cash. So mm -hmm. I was like, wow, interesting. So, I mean, this is still a multiple offer situation in Cambridge for a one bedroom condo and there's still cash offers out there. I was yeah. really surprised. The listing agent was surprised too. So, um, I mean, it went actually over asking. So, mm -hmm. yeah, um, I think that, you know, overall in, I mean, of course, I just compared like four different markets here in Boston. I think it really depends on where, uh, you know, where it, the property fall into in terms of the sub market. And also, you know, how many other uh, comparisons are there? How many, you know, something, something similar um, to the property that are sold. Is there anything else out there? Is, is your property like, you know, unique enough or the pricing is good enough and is also showable? enough to actually, you know, make it work. But I still think in Boston here, um, there's still a lot of, uh, you know, demand. And I still think that for a listing, as long as, you know, in the right price range and um, it's easy to show, there's still a healthy demand. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. And uh, I think the last ones that I have here is the price change. So this is, Cambridge and Somerville. So one thing that comes up a lot too is that people are asking, well, are people lowering the price? You know, well, what, what's going on with the, with the price of real estate right now? Right. So right. I think that, um, you know, it's, it, it, again, it's also location dependent as well. And I think it's also dependent on the seller's motivation as well. So mm -hmm. here in Cambridge and Somerville, I would say this is probably the bulk of it. Mm -hmm. So price change. So there's actually only very few in the past month that there's price changes. So there's one yeah. here, three here, and two here. So the ones, you know, the three and two, they're all like, you know, in the million dollar range. So, and this is a price change for Alston Brighton. There's only one. So I think that right now, I still don't see, at least in the Boston area, in these four markets that people are, you know, um, decreasing their price. Yeah. So, it doesn't yeah. seem to have much pressure on them at all. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Is there anything else you want to share or I can go on my end and you can see? Um, I, why don't you go on, on your end? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Stop sharing. Okay. So 
Um, RN is a little bit different. We're, I'm able to start seeing some more information related to uh, pre and post. So on my last video, I, sh I showed this data, except now it's extended further out uh, because of the time that we're in now, kind of mid-April. But the biggest things that I would know is there, there was a significant drop in listings from pre-shelter uh, and post. This is a this is a substantial drop, uh, as you can see. It's about 60% drop of new listings that week, as well. Significantly dropped out of the market altogether, and they're just waiting until the shelter is lifted. Hmm. As you can see, this is a week by week uh, trend, and that that week, 119 dropped out that that week. Uh, however, over the course of the following time, you can see the number of listings are pretty low, substantially lower than normal, especially this last week. Uh, there's only 47 new listings uh, versus just one month ago, there's 100 more. But one of the things that I took notice of is you can also see the number that is contingent. That number in terms of a ratio has also uh, dropped versus the pending figures. When they first was announced, there was so much uncertainty that people didn't know, one, if they should even make offers, but two, what kind of contingencies that they should have. But as you can see, uh, as we go further and further on, uh, people are, are pretty confident about their own situation, whether it's from a job or from a lending perspective. And so the amount that goes uh, pending versus contingent, that ratio is also very different. Um, you can also notice that the listings that are canceled, expire withdrawn, that amount is also much lower. Really, if the people wanted to withdraw, they would have done that already. So now these are people that want to sell and they also, we also have a lot more firm information in terms of the policies that we'll go over later, right, in terms of how do we even show property. So there's a lot more clarity um, because when it was first announced, there was so much unknown. We couldn't even go see properties and then over time we, get, we can, but there's limitations. So those are the things that, uh, that I have noticed here. This is San Mateo County, just like in Boston, there's many different counties. Here we have several main ones. I would say San Mateo County is one of the strongest counties in all of the Bay Area. Um, it's, yeah, it's just one of the strongest for various reasons, mainly due to location. So it's one of the strongest. One of the things I'll point out from this is we have a very significant inventory shortage. As you can see, the number of new listings uh, are so low, but the people, the properties are going contingent and pending. Uh, this, this figure is extremely close, right? I mean, basically any new listing is getting taken up. So you can see the percentages of how many are actually going contingent or pending versus how many listings. So we're, we have this very tight shortage right now. So here's a chart that actually shows the months of inventory. Uh, we're dropping now to slightly above one month of inventory, which is, if you look at the chart over the last several years, we're getting to very, very low inventory levels. Um, so that's, that makes it very difficult for buyers to be able to find properties that they like. Um, and at the same time, what does that mean from a price perspective? San Mateo County, this report is based off of residential, so it's not uh, multifamily but it's single family, it's a combination of single family, townhome and condos. You can see the average price point now in April, which is actually a very different chart than it was previously, is getting close to 
it's around $1.8, $1.85 million on average. And this is a mix of single family condo and townhouses all merged together. La the, the, the chart I had last week, it was interesting because it actually showed a slightly, it was a dip. But this is kind of what I expected over time is uh, prices are actually continuing to rise. Now, it may be modest, uh, but they are continuing to rise because we have such a sh tight amount of inventory and people are starting to get more and more confident that like, the, the worst is over for many, whether it's their job situation is over. The stock market has certainly rebounded significantly for those that have not, uh, you know, checked in. I mean, it's, it's gone up very sharply. I believe it's like 15, 20% up uh, in, a, in a very short period. So that has also a, an impact as to prices. But uh, the interesting part is there's significant left listings, new listings coming on the market. Their inventory is very limited for that reason because the buyer pool is also increasing. And then prices are now reflecting that. That has actually been increasing. And I suspect this will be uh, likely the same, if not modest increases moving forward until really uh, things are, are opened up. So that's what's happening here in the Bay Area. Hmm. All right. So this is, um, this is a, the market update. So love to hear on your end uh, in terms of like, what is the protocol, right? Like, how do you go see houses? What is it like in your area? And then I'll share kind of the scenario and the steps uh, here in the Bay Area. Um, Spencer, I actually have a question. So um, in yes. this uh, county that you said, San Mateo County, right? So yes. is it mostly single family here? Uh, is it mostly like owner occupants? Is there, can you tell me a little bit more about like these numbers? Yeah. Uh, what type of uh, property are they? Are they like, you know, more investment or uh, owner occupant? Um, in terms of uh, the mix, it's, it's, there are definitely a lot of people that have multiple properties uh, in San Mateo County. So the amount of equity that people have in these properties are very high, uh, especially because of the rise of prices over the last decade. Um, there's a very high amount, but I wouldn't say it's, it's majorities are like landlord renter type of situations. Uh, most of them are going to be individual uh, buyers that want to move uh, one for, from a job perspective is closer to their work, but also potentially from a school perspective. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's uh, that's the breakdown of, of this area, mm -hmm. and uh, in terms of the mix, um, it's going to be mostly, I mean, it's going to be a mostly single family, um, because this area is considered an older part of the Bay Area, so there's not that much new construction coming up either, and mm -hmm. it's very limited. It's very limited because there's no land for them to build, so mm -hmm. most of it is going to be, um, you know, ones that have been built in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, here in Boston area, like the four um, submarkets that I uh, compared it with, it's actually, um, I would say there's a very heavy concentration in terms of, uh, you know, multifamily and uh, mm -hmm. also uh, condos, you know, especially for investors. So mm -hmm. I think that um, it will be very interesting, um, you know, for us to take a look at, okay, maybe like for the next months or so, how does that differ in terms of property prices that are more geared towards like investors and also like, you know, single family for owner occupants? Mm -hmm. uh, I think that I'm curious to kind of taking a look at that to see, okay, from, you know, an investment perspective, how are the prices of multifamilies have changed or not changed? Um, and, you know, versus like the single family. Uh, I think that's, that'll be a really interesting comparison. Um, yeah. Next time. Mm 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, we, we, we mentioned about, uh, you know, the local protocols for showings, right? Especially, yeah. you know, for uh, property owners who's, who's contemplating right now, hey, should they be putting up this market for sale or should they be waiting? And uh, I, here in Boston, uh, I mean, the guideline is that, you know, you should not be doing open houses. And, uh, I, I, but I do see that uh, there's a lot of real estate agents that come up with really creative ideas. Um, so one of them was actually was a Zoom open house. <laughs> so, okay. uh, yeah, so, so it's kind of interesting. So they, I mean, they, she made the announcement that, okay, during this time, like, you know, Sunday from 10 to 12, you know, this is the, the Zoom meeting ID and any, anybody can, you know, jump on and just, she would just be at the property and, you know, going over with her phone and her camera and uh, we could still do open house that way. And, or I've seen people where, okay, say, okay, we're going to do a showing this time, but you had to tell me when you're coming. So this way that she can space out uh, each buyer that's coming in and mm -hmm. make sure not everybody's coming in all at once. And uh, of course, everybody's wearing like, you know, gloves and masks. So that's what I'm seeing right now. I mean, definitely it's a much easier showing when the house is vacant. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes when the seller is there, um, they step out, but that's still a little tricky because you don't know who who's here and what they touch and all that. Yeah. So I've seen, mo I mean, people have the most success still with, you know, vacant properties, I would say. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of requests. I feel like, pe okay, people would be saying, hey, do you have a video for this? Do you have, uh, you know, 3D floor plan for this? There's a lot of inquiries on some mm -hmm. of the properties that I have, but there's not a lot of action. Yeah. That's what that's I interesting. Think. Yeah, here is very different. Um, you cannot do open houses, period. No Zoom open houses either. That doesn't. That's not a legit option. Number mm. number one. Number two. You can't. Uh, within our MLS, they actually had prohibited and even not even allowed you to be able to post like those open house schedules, right? You know, one to four Saturday and Sunday. So not even any... vacant properties. You can't Correct. even do that. Correct. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, right. So you can't do that either. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it sounds like it's significantly more locked down than, than you guys. So uh, even uh, properties that have a tenant or a property uh, that is owner occupied, uh, you, I mean, they can't even go see it. There's no stepping in and out either. Mm. Right. You can't, you can't go see it period unless the guidelines uh, change. So it's so that's why the inventory here in the Bay Area is so much lower, right? Because they can't go see it in person until, like I said, until things actually come. The whole the whole guidelines change. So it's really only vacant properties that are being sold. Um, generally, uh, unless like I have a condo that just hit the market today, there's a tenant. But condos are a little bit easier because there's there's only so many configurations of a condo. It's not, it's not like as, as huge or there's not as many uh, variances versus like a single family house. So mm -hmm. condos are, are a little bit easier. And then so what we did was we had, you know, virtual staging. We had photos. We had, uh, I did a video walkthrough. Um, but they can't go see that until either the tenants are moved out or, uh, like I said, the guidelines change. So mm -hmm. it, it's, it's much stricter here for sure. Um, so, so why people are, are, are doing kind of a wait and see, uh, why a majority of people are doing a wait and see, especially if they live there. So do you see that people, um, you know, placing an offer with the contingency upon seeing it yeah. or 
Okay. Yeah. So it depends, right? Um, it's because of how competitive it is. Uh, they may not even have that opportunity to write that contingency because it's still not a very strong offer because they can back out uh, just by saying, oh, I didn't like it once I actually go see it. So the offer isn't very strong. Um, and so it just depends on the situation. There's, there's plenty of offers, as you can see, uh, you know, the ones that are going pending. There's no contingencies on these because they look at the photos, they look at the video tour, and they're like, all right, I'm good. Uh, we're going to make a non-contingent offer. And we're going to take this off the market. So it just depends on the situation. But sometimes, uh, yeah, you have no choice because you don't have any other offers, but also uh, they, they are adamant in seeing it. So it's case by case. Hmm, okay. I mean, uh, do you have any clients who have submitted offers without seeing it? Or uh, Yeah. So I have actually. Oh, really? Uh, because, because what we did is I told him, look, this is a situation. Fortunately, he had seen other properties in that area. Mm -hmm. So it goes back to that condo situation, right? Condos are all, uh, I mean, a lot of them are very similar, especially if you've seen other models. Now, if you have never seen it, you have no idea what it looks like then then it goes back to one, are you comfortable in doing this? And then number two, what is a competitive situation? Because uh, those are always the criteria that an individual need to make themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that from here in Boston, I mean, I, I find that people, I mean, I think that we're a little bit looser in terms of the, uh, the showings. I mean, we can yeah, still yeah. do private showings, uh, you know, especially if it's a, it's a vacant property. Um, right. But I still find, I mean, as far as, you know, I know that nobody's put in an offer without seeing it. So, I mean, yeah. unless there is a contingent also, you know, based on seeing the properties after. So mm -hmm. I find that people here, they, they're, they still wanted to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Some condo association actually, um, they, I don't, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I have a, a seller telling me that, you know, they're thinking about selling their, their condo, but their condo association says that they cannot show the property. Like, uh, oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm surprised even condo association can, can have such power to, to say, no, we cannot do showings at all. Yeah. I haven't heard of that. that I mean, that's super hyper, that's hyper local in that case, yeah. which is yeah. very interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So let's move on to the next one. I think so kind of covered uh, from a showing perspective. What about from a marketing perspective? I mean, we, I talked a little bit about what I had to do and, and how about your end? I mean, are you seeing people doing just more, I mean, you mentioned the zoom, you know, zoom virtual open house kind of uh, tours. Um, do you see people do more virtual staging and do you see people doing more uh, video tours than before or does it feel kind of the same for now? Oh yeah, I absolutely see people use um, the 3D like Matterport, uh, yeah. the 3D uh, you know, floor plan a lot more, like yeah. a, lot, a lot more. So, uh, and those are the ones that actually really that's getting a lot of traffic. You know, I think that uh, there's, there's properties that are, doesn't have that, uh, you know, when people are interested, um, it's, it's a little slow in terms of generating the interest and traffic, but I find that the ones that are successful right now are the ones that have really nice pictures, um, you know, vacant, mm -hmm. easy to show, and they have the 3D like Matterport. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, so I, that's, that's pretty important. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, it's the same for here. Like I did mine with Matterport. It gives them as, as much of a, a feel as, as possible. So at least it gives us the, be the best chance 
um, for right, obviously when you're selling it, you want a non-contingent offer. So, so it was a it was a basic kind of thing that that we had to implement and that we wanted to implement to get the highest chance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, what what are what are the current um, shelter-in-place guidelines right now in terms of when when will things be lifted at least at this stage? And then what do you what do you kind of expect over the next few months uh, in your area? So, I mean, I think that it's still too early right now. In Massachusetts, I mean, I look at the, the numbers of the coronavirus cases every mm. day, right, just to take a look and stay on track of where this is going. I feel like in Massachusetts, we're at the peak right now. So, okay. I mean, the, the rankings, I think that Massachusetts, the number of cases have surpassed California already. So, oh, wow. okay. yeah, okay. yeah. So when I'm looking at Massachusetts right now, it's like the third. I see like um, New York, New Jersey, and Massachusetts. So I think that it really awesome. peaked up this week and probably will be for the next week. I'm suspecting the numbers will probably come down beginning of May. And maybe this will be loosened up like mid-May. This is kind of, you know, my feel for it. Yeah. What, about, what about you? Yeah. So we have, we have a we have a shelter in place until I believe like May 3rd. Um, do I think it's likely to be extended? It, it may be, but then I know the governor yesterday, I mean, over the last two days, they're working on a plan and there's different like guidelines to meet to be able to start loosening it. Loosening it. Um, so I think it may be get extended more, but I, I think things will start opening up too, uh, because I, I believe we are not at the peak anymore. And, and it's a lot of this because we had to shut down for much longer. And, and like, even from an open house perspective, ours is significantly more restricted than yours. Mm -hmm. So I think they did a, a, a very aggressive clampdown um, months ago. And mm -hmm. that, that helps with the result now. But I know they're working on plans of, okay, well, how do restaurants operate? Like what, what needs to happen, what not needs to happen, what doesn't need to happen. So they're working on a lot of that right now, but they also mentioned that in the next two weeks, uh, they'll look at the data again and then decide uh, the protocol moving forward. Yeah, I, I think that's the same thing for Massachusetts as well. So we're kind of still, I feel like we're still at the peak right now, but you know, maybe things will be getting better. I think I was just reading this article this morning. They said that it has to be um, 14 days in a row, the number is to, to see the cases decrease for them mm. to implement kind of the opening uh, the, the phases. So oh, wow. okay. yeah, I think in Massachusetts, we still have to wait a little bit. Yeah, we're still there currently. Um, but I do have, uh, you know, I, I'm still talking to a lot of, you know, potential buyers, potential sellers every day. And I don't know about you, but I've been getting calls where, you know, there's people out there, you know, they're, you know, they're kind of like a panic call almost like, okay, what's going on, right? Like to their, the, the value of their property and, uh, you know, what happens if they lose their job? You know, what happens if they cannot pay their mortgage? Um, so there's a lot of concerns out there. And I think that, um, you know, I, I, I don't know what about, what have you heard, uh, what have you been hearing in terms of on the, on the seller side, on the property owner side? The seller side, I mean, people are, are curious, but um, once they see the data and the information, then, then it's a matter of like, I tell my sellers right now, like if it's just, if it's, if your own, if you're, if you're living in it right now, then I have to, like I mentioned, the protocol is different than vacant. If it's a vacant property, like it's a very good time to list it right now 
given how low inventory is and how many buyers are out there ready to go right now? Because you also don't know, uh, well, you just really don't know what happens in the future. Like if things really get a lot better, um, from a seller perspective, a lot of listings may come up. So then it, at that point depends on your strategy and it also depends on the condition of your house. Like if you're a fully remodeled house, then I think you'll be okay. But if you're, you know, let's say original or you haven't done much updates, now you're competing with all these other ones um, that, that hit the market. So, I, I mean, the prices are still, as, you, as very apparent, they're still very strong, uh, if not even slight increase. Um, a lot of the properties in the area are still getting multiple offers. So what, what are you waiting for from that perspective, right? Do you think things will get better? Or things may get more competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I tell them and it's up to them to make that call. Um, here in the Boston market, um, it's quite interesting too, because uh, we have a lot of universities, right? So, um, mm. I mean, all the, 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 I mean, everybody's doing, uh, you know, the courses online for this semester and, uh, you know, there's still talks about whether to reopen for the fall or not. I know all summer classes are online as well here in Massachusetts. So here being in a, uh, an area where there's a lot of students, where investors have a lot of units that have, you know, student as tenants, um, it does create some concerns for landlords um, not knowing hey our students coming back for the fall Um, here I would say probably 90% of of the rental units have a September 1st cycle so um, I mean I think that's a lot of concern on uh, for a lot of investors that hey our are, is, still, is school going to reopen for September 1st? You know, it's, are they going to have students who then want to come back to rent for September 1st? Yeah. So far, uh, uh, as far as I know, the school are planning to still reopen for the fall, but that's, you know, not confirmed yet. Uh, but that's, you know, one thing that I think that the Boston market is a little bit different. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is that, um, you know, the Airbnb, I, 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 I don't, oh. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I, there's, you know, people who own Airbnb that got so many cancellations all of a sudden that their Airbnb place is empty. So I have this potential seller that they actually own a, uh, Airbnb. They've been running an Airbnb. And ever since that, you know, this new guideline came out, you know, they, they got to sell because, you know, they just couldn't get anybody for Airbnb now. So I see a lot of people who are kind of switching air from Airbnb either to a long-term rental or they end up, you know, wanted to sell their property. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I th- you're right. I mean, I, there's definitely, you know, some people have made their whole math equation work because of the Airbnb model mm-hmm. um, because generally it's a higher monthly amount versus a long-term tenant. And, uh, but with a significant lack of travel, at least depending on the area, like here in the Bay area, it was mostly, um, people traveling for work, uh, or, or other reasons, um, that, that is greatly impacted here. Now, depending on the market, because yeah, depending on the market, there may be more Airbnb supply than others. Um, if you look at it from a price point here, it wasn't like a cash, quote unquote, cash flowing area to begin with, at least in this uh, county. But I can see for other areas that, that it was a cash flow in play that uh, you may have those sellers that might be panicking or those sellers might be wanting to list their property now and get rid of it. 
Yeah, I have a, um, you know, a, a, a friend who's running an Airbnb and usually she's getting a lot of traffic for graduations, right? Like people yeah, coming yeah. over to stay for graduations and now the graduation is canceled. So there's no I graduation. And, you know, and, and Airbnb have this policy where, you know, they, they have to refund 100 percent, you know, of, yeah. uh, of all their bookings. So that so I, I do see some, you know, Airbnb place, like I said, you know, converted to long term rentals or, um, you know, ending up putting on the market. So yeah. that's, a, that's a very interesting thing. And I do see another thing here in Boston, you know, given, like I said, we have a really strong rental market is that um, some, a lot of the tenants, because say if they have a uh, lease term that's ending, you know, August 31st, you know, at this time they're trying to think about, you know, staying at the same place instead of moving because mm -hmm. one, they, you know, they don't know what's going to happen. And two is that like, they don't want other people to see their place. So they end up just staying, you know, and, and renewing their leases. So mm -hmm. there's, uh, you know, less switching and, you know, going back and forth with uh, the rental market. That's, that's what I'm seeing. So. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, like you mentioned before, this report wasn't with multifamily, but multifamily, it is a little bit early um, still, but the multifamily, you know, investors or those landlords will clearly experience way more uh, pain than others mainly because of the demographics that got hit the most were, were renters, not, mm -hmm. not necessarily homeowners. I'm sure homeowners get affected too, but the majority is, is our rent, the renter base. And so it's a, it is early now. Um, but you know, after six months or so, uh, that data should be interesting related to the multifamily space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's uh, maybe wrap it up um, in terms of any sort of summary, like anything that you want to share or any, any guesses in terms of the market um, at this time? Like what, like what's your um, crystal ball forecast of what's going to happen in the, as we approach the end of the spring season? Well, I think that in terms of, you know, the overall showings and activities um, is still slow right now. Um, but I think that, you know, think I, my prediction is that, you know, we could in Massachusetts, we could slowly open up around mid-May. So that's, nice. kind of, you know, where I'm seeing right now. And, uh, I, I do things that I do think people are holding off on a lot of properties, uh, from going on the market right now because of this. And I do think that, you know, around end of May, I would say June, there are going to be more properties going on the market. And, mm -hmm. uh, but that's going to be a slow, uh, you know, recovery. So, uh, and I think that, you know, they, on the, on the investment side, um, you know, I, I think that if the students confirmed that they will be back on campus September 1st, um, I, that's going to be a huge relief for a lot of landlords and investors because, uh, you know, but then again, a lot of them are international students or there's uh, students from out of state. So there's still, even if for rentals, you know, for rentals, we used to don't need to do a lot of these like, you know, fancy, you know, videos and pictures and all that. But now mm -hmm. because the students are actually not here present on campus now, they're abroad you know they're out of state and they're they need a rental place and all even all rentals we need really good videos you know 3d floor plans and all that so um i'm still hoping that you know there's a decent amount of rental activities for the landlords you know uh when we're getting to like you know june july so yeah really, uh, yeah. yeah i mean for me i think um 
from a marketing perspective, there's a lot more digital content that needs to be done uh, these days, like you mentioned. There's a lot more things that didn't need to be done in the past. Like you mentioned, the rentals, like didn't need videos and didn't necessarily need high quality photos, whatever it may be. So mm -hmm. I think there's that one aspect. Um, here, I, I suspect things will likely actually stay the same. I think things will get even more competitive, quite frankly. Um, as I mentioned, I've, I've noticed even within my own network, buyers have been picking up in terms of people kind of getting back in. Mm -hmm. um, that one aspect, if, if, I, if I look at that data, the number of listings is, is you know, the ones that want to sell are, are selling and there's going to be very few left uh, for people to choose from. So I think it's going to be interesting and, and competitive, but I think it's also a good opportunity because there's also less buyers than before that are looking. So I suspect that'll be the case un until things really do clear up here, uh, mm -hmm. which I have no idea how long that will be. Um, but I, I suspect it'll be kind of like this for a while. Hopefully it'll be, it'll get a little bit better where it's a little bit easier to coordinate things. Mm -hmm. Like as I mentioned right now, we can only see vacant properties. So hopefully there's a process where we can see uh, occupied properties that would make things that would, that would, that would increase the amount of listings, but also increase the, transaction velocity here. Um, but that's kind of what I suspect that will slowly open up over the, uh, over the next few months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. I mean, this is great. I mean, just to kind of see what's going on over there on the, uh, on the West coast. So. Um, no, likewise, it's, 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 it's interesting. Cause we live in right now, we're literally in our own bubbles, right? <laughs> <laughs> we can't even, we barely leave our house. So we're in our own bubble um, right now. Just literally in our own bubble, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it is interesting to see it and and look at the other data uh, of other markets and also just how they're how they're operating right now. And uh, it seems like Boston, like it's things may be a little bit slower, but it doesn't seem like there's much change because of the aspect that you can still go see, you know, properties that that's owner occupied, which is which is good, um, which is very good. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm still hopeful. I mean, I think that, you know, uh, I, uh, I do think that there's going to be, uh, a, a, there's a lot of people on the sidelines, you know, a lot of potential buyers and potential sellers sitting on the sidelines right now. And I'm still hopeful that, you know, there's going to be uh, picking up in the spring. So once we get a, a little bit warmer weather, uh, after all, we can go to the restaurants again. <laughs> no, I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of VIP, like client celebration dinners that have been <laughs> delayed because of this. So as soon as that uh, it clears up, then it's uh, it's time to stimulate the local economy by by going out to <laughs> these restaurants because they need yeah. it, and and we would love to do it. So, right. well, thank you so much for your inputs. This has been a very very helpful. I hope it's been helpful for the audience as well. And then uh, this will all be recorded, so we can always uh, send it out and give it to those that that uh, didn't have a chance to make it. But thank you so much again. Okay, thank you, Spencer. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye.